Welcome to tonight's special event at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome our host this evening, Jay Blanick. Hey. How is everybody this evening? Thank you very much for being here. Um, I'm thrilled that you've come tonight to have an opportunity to join in the conversation with Christy Turlington Burns. As he mentioned, my name is Jay Blonick, and I work with Apple at our headquarters in Cupertino. And I work um, with the health and fitness teams that have helped design the experience for Apple Watch. And I wanted to give you a little context as to why Christy is here with us this week in London. Um, about 12 weeks ago, before we announced the availability of the Apple Watch, we knew that one of the greatest features of the Apple Watch was to help people live a better day by being more active. And we thought it would be a good idea to give it to someone that we believe really epitomizes that phrase, live a better day by being more active. And it turned out that it was a perfect time because she was about to embark on an amazing journey to Africa that we had the opportunity to film. And we've been following her over the last eight weeks uh, on a blog on apple.com that is about to come to an end. So this phase of her journey is about to come to an end, but it's a very exciting end because she's getting an opportunity to fulfill one of her dreams, and that is to run the London Marathon on Sunday. You can clap for that. <laughs> we thought a great place to start might be where the uh, blog actually took off, and that was at the very beginning, and that was her journey in Africa. So we'd like to play that short film before we bring her out. Health and fitness have always been part of my life. As a kid, as an adult, and now, as a mother. Maternal health is the most important issue to me. It's a big part of why I run. I came to Kilimanjaro for the half marathon. The length of this race is similar to the distance that mothers in developing countries like Tanzania need to travel to get basic obstetric care. I founded Every Mother Counts for them. They are my motivation. I just started using Apple Watch, and that's what it is. Motivation. Not just for training, but for everyday things. During the race, I relied on the workout app. It tracked my time, measured my distance, and pushed my pace. In the short time I've been using it, I can already see how this is going to be an important part of my life. In eight weeks, I'm running my next race. An Apple Watch will be with me every step of the way. And I'll continue to raise even more awareness about maternal health worldwide. It's going to be hard. But like most challenges, it will definitely be worth it. She is one of the most successful fashion models of all time, having appeared on over 500 magazine covers. She's also been a health, fitness, and wellness advocate for over 20 years. In 2013, Glamour Magazine recognized her as one of their Women of the Year. And just last year, Time Magazine recognized her as one of the top 100 most influential people in the world. She's an advisor to the Harvard School of Medicine's Global Health Council and their School of Public Health. And she is the founder of Every Mother Counts, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to making 
pregnancy and childbirth safe for every mother. Could you help me welcome to the stage Christy Turlington Burns. It is so great to have you here, and Thank you look you. good and light on your feet. Are you feeling ready for Sunday? I'm ready. I'm ready for my PR. The definitive. I know. You're already putting that out there, which is fantastic. So I wanted to start by um, asking some questions, um, and we'll, then we'll give the audience to share an opportunity to share in the conversation. But um, I'd like for you to tell us a little bit more about Every Mother Counts. I've had the opportunity to learn a lot about it in the last eight weeks working with you. But I'd like for you to share with the audience a little bit about why you founded it and what's all about. Sure. Um, well, hello, everybody. I became a global maternal health advocate the day that I became a mom. And not just in becoming a mom, but because I actually had a complication delivering my first child that sort of opened up my awareness about a global tragedy that basically affects hundreds and thousands of girls and women every year. And they are preventable. They're 98% preventable. So learning about that, having this personal experience, set me out on a personal journey, which was to make a documentary film called No Woman, No Cry, which I completed in 2010, and filmed barriers that women face every day trying to access critical maternal health care in four countries, Tanzania being one of them, Bangladesh, Guatemala, and in the United States where I live and where I had my children. And then when I finished the film, I felt that there was even more to do. If I got more people to understand this was a global tragedy, but there was so much hope around it, and if I could get more people to know about it and sort of join my effort, that we could make a huge difference and impact for millions of moms' lives. So in 2010, we launched Every Mother Counts as a campaign, and it has grown, and it's five years in now, and we now work in seven countries, and we're addressing critical healthcare gaps that affect moms, um, which are transportation, barriers, and supplies, and education. So you've mentioned to me something I think is really interesting, which is the notion of running races as a metaphor for distance connected to a challenge that mothers have. So would you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's really interesting, your connection to marathons and what you do with Every Mother Counts. Yes. Well, it's, it's sort of not surprising that running distance has a connection with maternal health, given that becoming a mom, pregnancy, motherhood in general are distance games, right? These are endurance, um, uh, I don't know, feats, really, I would say. Um, but I started to learn when I was training for my first marathon in 2011 that there was this connection. Every day that I would go out and go a little bit further, a little bit further, and then think about the issue that I was running to raise awareness about, it just became so clear to me that so many girls and women have to walk for just basic care. And then if they need obstetric emergency care, which I needed in my birth experience, they were so far. And it, just the idea of being transported, let alone even knowing that that was a possibility was just so big and so far. So running the distance of 26.2 is a very average distance that a woman will have to walk. Um, and if she walks and has the experience that she's not gonna get the care that she actually needs, that message goes back to her village, goes back to her home, and she no longer trusts that there's anyone out there who can support her when she needs that care. So we're trying to make that link, and running has really, really resonated with not only moms, but with all the people who depend and rely on them um, and love them. You know, moms sure. are sort of central to society, and we need to make sure that they're healthy. 
Well, so and that led to this, you've done three marathons, and now this is your fourth marathon. Did you ever think you would be running your fourth marathon in London? No. Um, I have two children, and I always thought with, when I ran the first one, I, it was a great experience, and I thought, okay, now I know what this is, I'm gonna do it again. Same as motherhood, I'll do two, two. Um, but then after the second, I just felt like this is, this is connecting with people. It makes me feel good. I'm improving my own health while I'm also hoping to increase awareness about the health of others. And it just felt right and felt good. And I wanted to keep doing it. So here I am, my fourth marathon. And I'm really excited because this is the first marathon that I'm running outside of the United States. And it's in a city that I love. It's spring, <laughs> um, which is also nice. a first, yes. <laughs> and I'm really excited. So uh, I had a chance to run with you just the other day when I landed, and you look very strong. You look like ready to go and very excited. I imagine, is there anyone in the audience that's actually running on Sunday? Is there anyone here running? Not this year, right? Okay, yeah, not this year. <laughs> um, but for those that haven't run or people that have thought about a marathon, I mean, your first is a little bit daunting, I'm sure, and now you're doing your fourth, but you discovered kind of long distance running later in life. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of your thoughts about really becoming a long distance runner and uh, maybe encouraging someone out there that might not have Absolutely. thought about doing this. I've sort of rediscovered that I love running. Like I, I think we all love running as children when we play and it's fun. And then at a certain point it becomes work and something that you have to do or you think you have to do to be fit. And sometimes that's a bit of a battle in the beginning. And then once you sort of accept that it's a reality and health and wellness have been a big part of my life for a very long time, I kind of rediscovered that running is fun. It gets you outside, it gets you to see where you are, it connects you with other people, whether it, you know, your friends or just strangers, but that are doing the same thing, that you're like in it together with somebody else who is wanting to take care of themselves. Um, so going from the first race to now, I mean, I, I feel like a professional at this point. <laughs> um, but I feel like, oh my god, this is an incredible experience. And I, I just want as many people who are interested in it to just do it, to challenge themselves. And I started with a 5K initially. And then I went to a marathon. But I would say maybe there's other steps in between that might be advisable for new runners. But it just feels good. And every time you go out, it feels better. And it feels more comfortable. And you learn more about your body. and you know, oh, this felt better this day, or oh, I, this shoe works better, this, this works better. You know, you just tweak little things and you get to know yourself in a, in a very unique way. And, you know, I've never felt healthier or better, and I'm 46, and I started running at 42, so not too late. You said something to me that was really interesting the first time we met, because a lot of people think of a marathon as out of reach, but you've actually been a, a fitness and health, you know, advocate for many, many years. This isn't the only thing that you do, but you'd said, the single greatest thing a mom can do to help their children is to be healthy themselves. And you also do a lot of other things. Tell us a little bit about sort of your story beyond running and, and health in general to you and what you think that means to mothers. Sure, I mean, I grew up um, one of three girls and we did a lot of sports. My dad encouraged us to try everything and be a part of everything. So we tried a lot of things. And then I discovered yoga in my teens, actually, in my late teens. And it was really my saving grace. Through all my travels as a model and you know, jet lag and traveling long distances for short periods of time, I had the tools to be able to take care of myself and listen to my body. And it also taught me that I could do anything, that my body, if I kept it strong and if I kept it healthy, that my mind would be in optimal shape too. So it kind of connected mind, body, um, spirit. And then as a mom, 
you know, I'd never had my health really threatened before. And so coming into motherhood and having this, um, this complication with my daughter, you know, I survived it and I had access to the care that I needed, but it was, it was definitely scaring, uh, scary. Um, so I think you sort of appreciate your health in a way once you've had some kind of challenge um, or you've experienced, I mean, even just being sick for a few days when you feel better, you're like, oh, you know, you just take it for granted. I think a lot of us tend to do that. And now that I have people that depend on me, little people in my life, it's that much more important that I'm strong and that I'm around for a long time. So I'm motivated as much by my family as I am by the women that I'm running for and raising awareness for. So how about with your children, how about um, health and fitness and activity with your children? I mean, you've talked a lot about them and, and mothers in general. What advice do you have for mothers that are trying to keep their kids active? You know, I live in a city like London um, where people are walking a lot and, you know, most people in my life are active. And so the example for my kids is that you're busy, you walk. Um, I told you this before, I have a rule with my kids or my nephews that we won't take a cab unless we have to take a cab. <laughs> you know, like we will walk as far as we can. And they've, you know, also being in a city, you need to use the city to get yourself um, some exercise sometimes. So they walk a lot. Um, they're both pretty sporty. And um, I think they also enjoy, you know, the freedom of running, the freedom of playing. And it's just very much ingrained in their lifestyle. Um, so, yeah. Keeping them active in the city. So um, someone in the audience that might be interested in Every Mother Counts and how they can kind of lend their voice, um, what would you tell them if they wanted to be involved or wanted to be a part of your movement and your campaign? Well, um, I think this is an issue that anyone can relate to, even if you're not a mom yourself or thinking about having a baby yourself. I think it's, it's a simple thing, your right to access health care. Um, I think we all appreciate that. And when you look at it from the rights perspective, it really resonates with most people. EveryMotherCounts.org is, um, is our sort of cornerstone of what we do, and we offer a lot of ways for people to engage through partnerships with products, but also in joining races, in coming together as a team to do screenings of films, just as you know, creating community within your community to support others. Um, so, I mean, I really usually ask people, like, well, what, you know, what do you think you want to do? Um, you know, people surprise me, like the running itself. It wasn't my idea to run marathons for maternal health, but once it, it came to me, it was like, well, that's a great idea and it makes a lot of sense. I, want, I think people can be creative about what they can do and what they can bring, but I think the most important thing, the thing that we all can do is share, just share facts, share statistics, share your story. And from there, you know, through building community, I think we can really make a big impact. It's something we can definitely fix. Sure. Now, I think one of the things that's most interesting, and I heard someone ask you this the other day, is um, it's clear that your work is important in developing countries, but you also um, do work in the United States, which might surprise some people. And you tell us a little bit about the fact that you're in those countries, but also the United States, and sort of what that picture looks like. Yeah, I mean, ma maternal mortality is a global tragedy. It, it happens in almost every country. Um, in the U.S., it happens much less than it does maybe in sub-Saharan Africa, but a lot of those um, fatalities are actually preventable also and so awareness is good for everyone and advances in research or medicine are great for everyone so if we can understand preeclampsia for example or postpartum hemorrhage in the United States or in England we can make those advances in every other country too so I think those kinds of sort of problem-solving and solutions are the kinds of things will lift everybody up sure and you mentioned you you said one of the greatest issues is distance, how far they have to travel. What are 
for people that are just hearing about this for the first time, what are some other really important issues connected to maternal health? Oh, let's see. Um, well, I mean, distance is, is definitely a big one. Even in the U.S., we have a lot of, um, a lot of women living in rural parts of the country and less, less and less hospitals that are available to them, so distance is still an issue. But really education, education of um, the people themselves about what kinds of complications might arise, how to like, look for signs within themselves. Again, that sort of understanding your body well enough. Um, when you're pregnant, thing, your body is in a very different space than it is normally, and so just being very aware of um, how you're feeling. And then having prenatal care and having access to a midwife, a nurse, a community health worker, someone that is a little bit more knowledgeable than you or a lot more knowledgeable than you who can be there to ask questions so that you don't feel alone. I think the biggest thing that I could say is that a lot of women do this alone. And you think of the role of moms who do so much for everybody else, why should they be alone when they're bringing life into the world? Well, I think uh, maybe this is a good opportunity to see if there's anyone from the audience that would like to participate in the conversation. Does anyone have a, a question? Hi there. Um, you're such a busy person and you have so many strings to your bow. How do you, how do you cope with, with doing all of that and, and being a mum at the same time? Uh, well, everything pretty much is connected to the being a mom part. I would say that's my priority. That's my main job. Um, and because I do work on behalf of other moms, it's very connected. You know, my, my kids see, I mean, I'm there for them. And they also see that it's important to be of service to others and to help others. And that a lot of children don't have their moms. And they get that. They understand that they're lucky and they have me and I'm healthy. Um, I think it's a great... It's a great example. I have a daughter and a son, and I'd say it's equally important for him to see that example as it is for her. Um, the busy other stuff, I mean, my team, I run with my team that I work with, so we're all very connected to every aspect of this. And when we run or when we are out traveling or in the field, we are advocating. So it, that's sort of the, the, the main line, through line of the whole thing. We're communicating and we're educating people and we are advocating. Does anyone else have another question? Hey, somebody in the back. Hi. Um, sorry, you said about 98% preventable. That's a staggering high number. Why is it so high? I mean, that's really good. But I mean, it's good it's preventable, but it's sort of really high. Well, we know, we know most of the solutions, right, for you know, delivery. We know that hygiene, for example, is tremendously important. We know that having somebody by your side is really important. We know that when a woman does have a postpartum hemorrhage and loses a lot of blood, that she could, she could die if she doesn't get to a certain kind of care or have a blood transfusion. We know what the solutions are. We've been watching this for a long time. And yet, not every woman has access to that care. And that's the critical piece. It's an access question. And there's a big disparity for a lot of women in a lot of countries, just even within, you know, even in a city, you know, one woman might have access while another doesn't. And uh, I think that e each life has equal value. So trying to make sure that everyone has the same accesses. You mentioned something to me I thought was really fascinating, that it, it's not just during childbirth. Oftentimes they go home and it happens afterwards, which means much of it may not be reported. I mean, can you extend on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is just the way women, well, our bodies are, are made, right? Our reproductive health system is what makes us a little bit more fragile than the male. 
And so, you know, really it's all the way through. It's from adolescence all the way through. It's the entire life of a woman that's really important that her health at these different stages is, is being addressed. Um, but when she becomes a mom, she becomes that much more vulnerable. And so there's a lot of focus in many countries, including, um, you know, the West, where you have women sort of push towards facility deliveries and hospital deliveries, and we're very focused on the child, and, and nobody is thinking about the mom afterwards. Um, she goes home, and the child is healthy, and, you know, we move on. And we've learned that actually a majority of maternal deaths happen postpartum. Um, you know, my complication, had I not been in a birthing center at that time, had I been home, it would have been a very different scenario. And even though I was close to a hospital, you know, it's just that knowledge of like, is this okay and what is normal and having access to somebody who could say, no, 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 you need, you need this care. Um, that's the critical piece. It's having that link to care at every level um, because, because we know how to deal with this. We know what to do as long as we have the time to do it. Great. Any other questions? Okay. Hi. Um, I have two really short questions. Um, the first one was: Was it? Did you feel you got altitude sickness when you were running the half marathon and Kilimanjaro? And the second one is: Where's been your favorite place to run a marathon? Um, I did not get altitude sickness when I ran Kilimanjaro. You know, you run at the base of the mountain. It's not like up the mountain. It is. There is altitude, but I, I think it was like. Four or three and a half, I don't know, three and a half thousand Enough feet. Enough to feel it, but you not, You could yeah. feel it, and it was very hot, and I've been training in the winter in New York, so it was, it was definitely a challenge, um, but that wasn't a factor. I think hydration is the biggest factor, and that's a big deal with pregnant moms, too. You know, I see women, and they will present because of dehydration or lack of water, and you really need to be hydrated when you're pregnant. Um, my favorite race, I don't know. I mean, I've run New York twice, and I've run Chicago once. Um, you know, maybe it'll be London. I, I think it's always the next one, the new one, the one that, um, you know, because it's a new way to see it. N new York is a tough race, and I've done it twice. I don't know that I need to do it again, <laughs> at least not for a while. But Kilimanjaro was extraordinary, and the fact that it was a half versus a whole, for me, it allowed me to enjoy it a little bit more, and we had a lot of work to do while in the country, and so uh, I needed to be able to be on my feet again soon after the race, and I might not feel that way after Sunday. I was there personally. She was a warrior at the end. She was booking, like, <laughs> that picture is the real deal. So it was really great to see that, and uh, even in the heat and uh, all of that. So any other questions? Christy, thank you for being here today. I would like to know a little bit more about your experience using the Apple Watch when uh, training. And as you've already been running for a few years, what other like tracking devices you used before and how the Apple Watch has improved your training? Thanks. I really haven't used a training device before. Um, I've run with friends who are experienced runners and I've mostly sort of asked questions and learned from trial and error. So this is the first time I've had such an experience and it was incredible. Um, I was training already for Tanzania when I started to wear the Apple Watch, but this time between Tanzania and the UK, I've had a crazy busy, I've been traveling a lot. Um, so it's kind of been sort of this mainstay in my, you know, like it's what I built everything around. I get up in the morning, I do my training, I see where I am and then I know where I am. Where before I would exercise and I knew I needed to run, but I kind of didn't know 
like how much, or I didn't have a, like a, a solid place to sort of look at it all next to each other. So the data that it's created or provided for me, I've learned a lot about my own pace and what's natural, what feels most comfortable. Um, and there's just so many other fun things about it. Since I've had it, I've been, you know, of course exploring, but it's really for me, because I'm so focused on the fitness piece of it, the rings are a lot of fun. The rewards, every time you do something for the first time or you exceed um, a previous goal, you know, you, you know it immediately. You have this personalized message that tells you, like, Christy, you surpassed two goals of your three goals. You know, it's very rewarding in the moment in real time. So, uh, you know, a lot of us who sign up for races and do things um, kind of in that official way, we like, we like a pat on the back. And it's uh, constantly giving me that, which is nice. Nice motivation. I also have to attest that I've done some digital touch with Christy, and she's a very good drawer while I am not. So, like, I'd send back a happy face, and she'd sketch out a little city or something <laughs> on the watch, which is really great. So, another question. That's really fun, too. Hi, Christy. Um, I guess uh, on a similar vein with the technology, um, are you excited about the potential that health kit and, and the monitoring piece could bring, I guess, to your charity work or just to the wider health awareness in the population as a whole? Absolutely. I think that's the mo one of the most exciting things that I got to learn about this in the last few months. Um, you know, it's diagnostic tools are so important for so much of our healthcare, but particularly when you're in rural areas where transportation is a challenge or where you don't have, you know, high level of healthcare providers, there are simple diagnostic tools that people should be able to do for themselves by themselves, and it does connect you more to your own health as opposed to turning that over to someone else. You know, I think it it does kind of make that, that connection, that self-reliance a little bit more possible. And um, I'm really excited to see how that all pans out. But the, the stuff that I learned about the diabetes work and the Parkinson's, I mean, that's, I think that's the most exciting of all. You know, one of the things I think is interesting about the audience is really mixed. There's a lot of men in the audience. And I wonder if many of them might have the question of um, learning about, you know, every mother counts for the first time and also sort of what they can do. What, what can a man do to be involved and kind of how can they support the advocacy? Well, men have mothers too, right? <laughs> yes. um, I mean, I, I, like I said, it's, it's a universal issue. I think it, it connects to everyone. Um, I think certainly men are sons, they're partners, they're husbands. Um, when you go through it, it's one thing, but when you see a woman going through it, it's also quite something. And um, I know my husband was pretty traumatized, so um, I think, you know, it's one of those things when we care about people, we want them to be healthy, we want them to, to be well and to thrive, and so for all of us, I think, you know, it, it takes us all, really, it's, you know, we can't, we can't do it alone, so. Are there any other questions in the audience? Okay, June's just asking, um, this is your first time here in London doing a marathon. How do your two children feel about you taking part in the London Marathon? Um, they, well, it's, it's funny. My, they were very, they're very supportive of my running, and they're cheering me on from afar. I'm expecting some messages um, in the next few days. They are, they probably, they, they, they kind of are most interested in if I'm going to win it, and I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I am. But uh, I'm going to tell them I did really, really well. <laughs> on, on, on that note, I think one of, the, one of the bravest things you did when we first got an opportunity to meet was you, you put out that you wanted to hit a personal record here at London, which you told the world you'd like to break four hours. Now, I know you've gotten close, but 
How does it feel to sort of put that out to the world? And are you nervous at all? Um, you know, I haven't ever put it out there, but I, I feel that in life, whenever I say something out loud, I do it. So I'm feeling pretty ambitious about it, but I'm feeling like I can, I know I can. Um, there's nothing that I, you know, there's nothing that's holding me back really. I mean, I feel really prepared. I feel excited about running here for the first time and I know it's within my grasp and I'm just putting it out there that it's possible and I'm, I feel like I'll get there. Well, you have a big crowd here ready to support you and cheer you on, which is great. And uh, we really just appreciate you being here. It's been fantastic getting to know you and having you be a part of the Apple family over the last eight to nine weeks on the Apple blog. And I know um, we're all going to be there at the finish line for you. And uh, we're excited to see you hit your goals. And uh, really appreciate you being here tonight and sharing your journey with us, as well as sharing so much more about Every Mother Counts. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jay. Thank Thank you. Thank you.